Brighton and hello reverbers near and far. How is everyone doing? I hope you're hanging in there in this sometimes dreary winter lockdown. You are listening to Billy Elliot's Adventure Club, a show exploring small ways we can bring adventure into the daily slog in order to enhance our lives. Now, because a lot of you listeners are being superhero parents struggling a multitude of responsibilities while schools are closed, I thought it would be entirely apt to make an adventure show around the theme of kids in lockdown. So stay tuned for some tips on how to keep your kids entertained with child specialist Maddie Broad and some fun conversations with children around what they think adventure means. And because you all deserve a peaceful moment, we have very inspiring interviews with Laura Jacqueline and Iona Steen on exploring the natural world and its endless possibilities for connection and reflection. Welcome to Billy Elliot's Adventure Club. Kickstarting the show, we have a lovely interview with Laura Jacqueline, where we have a laugh and hear more about her three-day walk to the source of her local river. But first, let's ask the Adventure Club kids, what does adventure mean? Adventure means sort of when you... Usually it's outdoors, but when you sort of have fun and do things that are exciting and sometimes dangerous. Because, well, in books, when they have an event, it's called an adventure store. When they have adventures, usually it's dangerous. Intrepid. Intrepid, that's a good word. Like you can be free and stuff like that. It means if you go somewhere and explore. An adventure is an experience where you're not quite sure where it'll take you. Adventure means when we go mascara and we go and destroy the little adventure. Aha, so Malascala is a town in the Czech Republic. Yes, and adventure is gin. Gin. <laughs> Gin, um, yep, gin is, is always an adventure, but you haven't had gin before. Um, adventure means a trip, a trip, a, a, trip. Very, a very long trip. A very long trip, yep. Um, a walk, a walk. A walk? No, a walk. A walk. Adventure means... Exploring. Steaming boots, an unremarkable source and frosty tents. We're talking to Laura Jacqueline today, who is on Instagram as Explorer Hikes, somebody who is loving to walk and hike through the Peak District and the surrounding areas during this time of lockdown. Laura, how are you doing today? Hi, I'm good, thank you. Yeah, how are you? Yeah, really good, really good. I've been really enjoying doing all the sound tech stuff, setting up with you. Um, <laughs> Laura and I know each other from from a university past, um, long gone. <laughs> yes, I know. It's scary to think that it actually was a, like a little while ago now as well. Like when I'm like, oh yeah, I graduated like a couple of years ago. I'm like, oh god, no, it was it was a bit longer than that now. <laughs> Makes you feel old, like counting down the years. Yeah. <laughs> it's like getting longer and longer since we graduated. Yeah, yeah, not a fan of that. No, <laughs> I totally get that. <laughs> I remember we used to organise some really funny events, like 
yeah there was always a lot of like tables and chairs to be moved and a lot of like a lot of hog roasts I have this like really vivid memory of um in the end of the year the end of the year ball and I remember like we'd booked this hog roast for everyone to cook like I don't know why we just like everyone just suddenly thinks students love hog or something but um, <laughs> But I remember like it was such a stressful day and it was so hot in and in Bristol in Clifton where it's like really hilly. And I remember I was like wearing, I got changed into my like ball gown basically. And then the hog roast people rang basically saying, Oh, our clutch is gone, like the we're stuck on the hill. And then I just like remember running around Clifton trying to find this hog roast and then basically having to load it into the back of their car that belonged to like the guy who was bringing the candy floss machine and literally just like sitting in this car with this random man with this candy floss machine and a whole like steaming hog roast in the back. So uh, yeah, fun time. Oh my God. That really paints a picture of our halls as well and the sort of demographic that we were tailoring to. The yes. hog roast. <laughs> yeah, so true. Oh God. <laughs> we ended up in like the fanciest halls, didn't we? Well, we did. It was definitely a world away from uh, from what I was used to. Yeah, me too. <laughs> <laughs> so now we have a, a quite a significant overlap with um, adventuring, and that's actually what we're going to be talking today about, isn't it? It is. Yeah, yeah. I'm. Uh, yeah, I'm really excited to talk about it. <laughs> so Laura um firstly I loved that you messaged me on Facebook the other day and said hello and it was so cool to see that you're really into hiking and adventuring around the area that you're from is that right that's right yeah that's right what I was really looking forward to like really hearing a lot about was your three-day hike to the source of the river dove yes yeah so that's kind of I suppose my like most recent adventure um yeah, so that was last September. Yeah, September 2020. So you've explained about your three-day hike a little bit. I described it very well on your Instagram. Uh, you talk of steaming boots, frosty tents. Um, you talk about adventure being so important and what can make our souls sing. And I loved what you said about expecting an unremarkable closure with your finding of an unremarkable source <laughs> of the River Dove. So I'd love to hear more about your three-day hike to the River Dove. Firstly, what made you just decide to do that walk? At the beginning of the pandemic, which is a phrase that I never thought I would ever say in my life, but now becomes something that we say quite a lot. Um, yeah, so the beginning of the pandemic back in March, I um, kind of moved back to uh, stay with my parents back where I grew up in Staffordshire. Um, initially, just for like three weeks while it all blew over. At, but lo and behold, I mean, it's nearly a year later and I'm still here, you know, which I suppose wasn't in my life plan. But, um, you know, I'm so lucky that I've been able to do that. And yeah, like massively, massively grateful for having done that. And um, it was during so it was towards the end of the summer um which had been really lovely and you know I was getting out hiking quite a lot and cycling but at the end of the summer I'd basically moved all my stuff out of London to come and move it back here and um I was sorting through all my stuff and I like opened this book and out fell a like 2020 goals like plan of things I'd wanted to do in 2020 <laughs> wow a bit hilarious. of a <laughs> yeah. I mean 
even like pandemic aside I was being incredibly ambitious like when I put it back I was like my god like I had big plans I don't know how I was going to fit all that in but obviously like Reddit and it was just all an absolute joke because it was all about you know like doing things abroad and like you know looking if I could move abroad and all this kind of thing and yeah just stuff that was completely out of the question so I was looking at that had a little giggle at that and and also it was obviously quite like oh god that's so tragic but yeah so I I suppose that kind of like sowed the seed that I was like right do you know what all of these things feel like they're on hold but I really want to go on an adventure right now and I think I'd done a pretty good job of like making the most of local adventures and uh, you know following local footpaths and discovering whole new areas but I just wanted to do something a little bit bigger that felt more like a, a journey and also I really wanted to do something on my own so I I mean this sounds like I made it up it sounds like a moment from a film but I like I was basically out for a walk one evening and I live in a village that's on the banks of the river Dove and um I walked down and I was like sitting by the river and just like watching it kind of flow by and just you know like contemplating life or whatever and um I basically just I was looking at it and drifting along and I just thought wait a sec I could I could walk to its source because I I live like fairly near the mouth so I thought oh yeah okay why don't I just walk to the source from my front door I thought that's a good idea and then I um I would love to say and then I just started walking but obviously (laughs) didn't happen (laughs) uh, (laughs) it's not that quite romantic so I I came home and I basically looked at um some maps and planned a route out that there isn't a path that follows it the whole way but I kind of was a bit creative with footpaths and planned a route out looked at a couple of places I could camp and yeah by the next weekend I I set off yeah that's basically how it came about it's often in those times when you're contemplating life and you've got a lot of space where all the best ideas come I completely agree and actually especially when you're kind of like adventuring and they're like quite like doing something active I find like a lot of things come to me then Mm, that's so great so yeah I mean that that takes us quite quickly and easily on to um sort of asking you what your relationship with adventuring is in general I think it's something that I suppose I got the bug of from quite an early age I was really lucky that my parents are both quite outdoorsy. So we did a lot of hiking holidays when I was younger. We went to the Lake District a lot. So I suppose like it's always kind of the outdoors and nature has always been like a big part of my life. You know, I I got really into running when I uh, was a teenager, I guess. And I also did all of my Duke of Edinburgh's, which was like so much fun like I have such happy memories looking back on that I did DV bronze oh, and it was yeah. the best thing ever it's so fun me and my group went to I think it was just around like Forest Row which is quite close to where I live um and we we, we ended up walking I think it was like a two-day one or something we ended up camping in the scout camp which happened to be on a night where the scout leaders were all having this huge party me and my little group was just me and my three best friends the like there was no adult or anything who came with us we did it all on our own and we broke into the scout party and stole loads of wine and got really drunk (laughs) (laughs) oh I love that (laughs) that's amazing that is so good (laughs) yeah it's so good it was such a good time (laughs) it was so brilliant anyway adventuring for me I think it's a way you can learn a lot about yourself through pushing your limits I guess like physically mentally whatever and just giving yourself a lot of confidence in yourself and your ability but also I think it's like a really good way of relating to the world around you the environment is another one of my passions I guess and nature and um 
and wanting to look after it and just and thinking it's such a special thing that we're a part of. And I think that adventuring is just a really good way of connecting with nature and reminding yourself, do you know what? Like we are just part of nature at the end of the day. Yes, we all wear clothes and we all go to work and do jobs, but we are just animals at the end of the day. And I, I kind of like being reminded of that. Yeah, it's so funny, isn't it? Thinking about how like animals are all just out there in their own little pockets of life living their own ways and then we're just a part of that as well and like flipping it around and imagining like animals in clothes going to work and stuff it makes our lifestyle feel so feel and sound so ridiculous to me yeah exactly (laughs) completely completely it also just gives you a really it gives you perspective on stuff as well In, in two ways in a way I feel like when you kind of conquer something you do an adventure or you climb a big mountain or or you've just been on like, you know, a walk around your village or whatever, that sense of achievement, being outdoors and experiencing that the world's just so much bigger than you gives you so much perspective. On one hand, it makes you feel like you can conquer anything. So you like simultaneously feel like really big and like, oh, yeah, like, you know, I'm really confident I can do this, I can do that. But at the same time, it also makes you feel really small. It makes you feel small in the only way you should ever feel small in the way that like, you know, the earth is so big and everything's so much bigger than you. It just can give you a lot of perspective, I guess, on, on problems you might be having or just just life, I guess. It makes you kind of realise what's important. Did you feel like you got quite a lot from your three-day hike along the River Dove then in terms of kind of perspective and con- in your contemplation moments? Yeah, definitely. I mean, not the whole time. I, I don't want to make out I'm like on some sort of, you know, like soul searching journey the whole time. Most of the time I'm just having a, a great time walking along and, you know, being really happy I found an extra biscuit in the bottom of my bag or, you know, <laughs> you know that kind of thing. But yeah, I definitely think there were moments where, especially because I was on my own and, you know, everything was quiet. You're just kind of like sitting on your own in your tent, looking at the view or whatever. And I think there were times that I suppose I did feel really like, yeah, get that sense of perspective and just that that feeling of like, oh, yeah, this is where I, I'm meant to be right now. And your worries just kind of float away a little bit, I guess. Yeah, there's a sense of having to be very present, isn't there, when you're on a trip like that, because you're kind of thinking mostly about where you're going to sleep and what you're going to eat and and like achieving, you know, getting to the next part of your the leg of your yeah. journey, I guess. Um. Yeah, in terms of that walk in particular then. Do you... Exactly, I love that. It makes you feel like it just appreciate the small things, I think. Mm, totally. And so looking at this three-day hike in, in hindsight, what were your highlights and lowlights of the trip? Oh, that is such a good question. Highlights. The first one is a low light that became a highlight. So I think like, so this was actually the first time I've ever camped completely on my own. I was pretty nervous about it, I have to say. A slight low light was the night of my first camp where I just really struggled to sleep. I was just having a bit of, I guess, negative self-talk like, oh, you should be braver than this. Like, why are you getting scared by that rustling in the trees and that kind of thing? But I Mm. kind of just managed to like calm myself down, I guess, and like get a decent night's sleep. So that was a highlight because the next day I woke up feeling really proud of myself for making it through the night and so that was really really good it's actually such a big deal isn't it camping on your own it is a big deal I think it's like the thing is I think because I'm you know in I suppose a lot of communities of like solo women hikers and adventurers and that sort of thing I see people doing it all the time so it doesn't feel like a big deal but then when you talk to someone who hasn't done it before you're like and they're like oh gosh that's like quite scary you're like actually yeah it is quite scary like and that's that can be you know that's not a bad thing to be a bit scared by it I don't think 
exactly and it, it, I think it's um completely because you we're in those worlds because I'm, I'm the same and I'm in lots of like solo female hiker groups and stuff and I think because like we're around that you, you kind of normalize it but actually for a lot of people like you say it's, it's quite a big deal and I think it takes a bit of time to get used to and it takes a few goes as well it can feel really lonely and really like vulnerable just being in this like bit of tarpaulin in the middle of nowhere completely no I completely agree and like it's kind of it is a big deal and I think it's it's nice that it can become not a big deal um but it's you know that novelty of it being a little bit scary is also kind of quite nice in a in a weird way because you kind of you overcome that fear I suppose but yeah and another highlight as well was just on the second night's camping honestly I had this amazing camp spot and the moon came up and it was so bright and it was just absolutely beautiful and it was the view was incredible um and it was just like wow this is this is why I'm here kind of thing this is what I've come to do another low light was a low light but I don't know whether this is safe for radio or not but I couldn't find a toilet (laughs) and I I mean I'm not usually bothered by that but let's just say it wasn't for a number one and yeah it was (laughs) it was touch and go and I was getting very stressed so I would say (laughs) that was probably a big low light that was yeah at the time I was I was not happy <laughs> yeah all, all adventurers have poo stories like oh yeah part, oh definitely castle, isn't definitely it? yeah, yeah. it becomes such a normal thing to talk about yeah definitely apart from the poo what was your greatest challenge for this three-day hike do you reckon um ooh, I think it was probably the camping alone was um <laughs> was probably the biggest challenge because that was something I hadn't as I said but hadn't done before um Mm. and um I think as well I was carrying everything so that was another thing I mean I'd done that on D of E before and things like that but I suppose you've got the security of knowing that like you know there's someone keeping an eye on you from afar with that or is there Mm. I mean obviously I did have like you know I wasn't in the wilderness I was in the peak district so it's not like (laughs) you know nothing could go too badly wrong but I suppose just like thinking oh you know I've got everything I need (laughs) on my back and like it was quite heavy and I you know I'm haven't got the most upper body strength although I'm getting there I'm getting there but um, yeah. I, you I, do I, press up. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's like a big sign for me because yeah. I'm just learning how to do press ups now, and that's now now I think I can nearly do one. I feel like I'm strong now. Well, yeah, that's been a lockdown thing for me. Has been being able to do press ups, and actually, that's thanks to Joe Wicks. I have to say. Um, oh my god, me too. He's yes! like he's been my like he's been my absolute idol. Me like, too. He's been like <laughs> such a big part of my life. Yeah, yeah. Me too. And he doesn't even know who I am, but he's basically one of my best friends now. And, and also like his whole family. Yoga with Adrian. Oh, They're yeah, my two yeah. my two loves. But I just feel like Joe Wicks's family, I feel like I know them. I feel like yeah. thought, you know, we're gonna be a go all go on family holidays together or, or yeah. yeah. <laughs> such a babe. Yeah. Such a babe. <laughs> so um but yeah, so I would say uh, carrying my bag as well was, um, yeah, yeah. Like I find, I don't know about you, but like I've moved quite a lot over the last few years from like uni and like different flats in London and that kind of thing. So I feel like I'm always having to pack my stuff up and move. And every time I get so annoyed at how much stuff I've got and like, I haven't even got that much stuff. Like I don't really buy that many clothes and that kind of thing because I don't like having too much stuff but every time I'm just like oh god like why have I got so much 
rubbish. But yeah, so I think that's kind of really appealed to the whole like minimalism of just carrying everything you need on your back and just thinking like, yeah, I'm still alive. I clearly don't need that much stuff. Yeah, I really relate to that as well. We actually are running out of time. So I'm going to ask you the final question that I ask everyone that comes on the show. Um, and that is, do you have a challenge for the audience? And that can be anything that the audience can give a go in the next month that you think would benefit them? Yeah, I do, actually. Um, I'd really like people to go and discover something about their local river um in some way because I love rivers I think they're really cool and walking to the source of the dove I think just reminded me of that in a way I mean I just think they're so important for wildlife they're so important for us um they're yeah I just think rivers are great and they need to get more more press so I think yeah if people go down to their local river discover something about it learn to love it (laughs) Mm, I love that. That's great. Thanks, Laura. And for anyone who's listening who wants to follow your adventures and follow your hikes, how can they find you? So um, probably the best place is on Instagram. So my Instagram is explorer, but spelt like E-X-P-L-A-U-R-A underscore hikes, um, explorer hikes. So yeah, I'm doing quite a lot of local adventures at the moment, obviously lockdown. One that I'm actually kind of quite pleased with so I'm going to mention <laughs> is um I'm doing my like seven local summits at the moment um and basically I think I got inspired because I mean the seven summits who wasn't inspired by climbing them um but instead of you know doing the highest mountain on every continent I basically looked at the seven nearest trig points from my front door and um I'm going to them through lockdown I found that like a really good way of planning routes and just finding more interesting Mm. ways of going on walks and stuff so I don't know people might want to give it a try that's really cool bringing it bringing a challenge kind of almost like a micro challenge getting a bigger (laughs) challenge that's already exists in the world and making it more local and more achievable right now that's so cool I love that and you said and you said your the dream is to walk the PCT oh Billy yes it is like it is I feel like it's such a kind of cliche (laughs) that in the like you're a, you're a walking cliche Laura I love it yeah I, mean, I am literally a walking cliche <laughs> but um I think um I mean I guess it's my dream to do a a long distance hike a through hike at some point um the PCT is one that captured my imagination like quite a few years ago now and it's just been on my radar ever since like you know when I'm kind of thinking ahead it's kind of got this PCT shaped hole that needs to fit in somewhere yeah that's that's definitely one of the dreams yeah have you seen the film wild (laughs) oh of course I have yeah read the book yeah (laughs) it's so good it's so good and I think like yes it is a kind of like cliche but I guess it's it's a cliche for a reason. Laura, you've been brilliant. Thank you so much for messaging me and asking me to be on the show. What a great decision you made there in that moment in time. Oh, no, thank you so much for having me. It's been so good to kind of like relive it and also to catch up with you. It's been lovely. Really, really nice. Yeah, epic. Well, good luck with everything. And yeah, see you soon. Chat to you soon. Bye. Come aboard, sister. Radio Reefer. 
it sure was really fun reconnecting with an old university friend and it struck me that perhaps Laura and I were kind of actually quite similar in our personalities actually too. So next we have an incredibly insightful interview with child play specialist Maddie Broad on how to adventure at home. But before we do, let's hear from the kids. What adventures do they like to have and is it really possible to adventure from home? Lots of climbing trees, lots of going up big hills with my mum, dad, baby sister, my dog. We like, me and Kit used to go outside and we would pack our bags and do adventuring. Yeah, but we put, also we put walkie talkies in and it's really, and it's, and we, we have to start at the beginning. Yeah. Sometimes start um uh, at the garden. Uh, no, at, at the, the garden. garden. At the garden. Adventures in the wild, camping and sleeping outdoors, and and paddleboarding up the river to wherever the current takes us. Ah. Uh... I like adventures to Preston Park. Going to Stanley Park. Um, tram? Boat? We can go with adventure in a boat. New Metro. New Metro, yes. New tram. New tram. So it's all about transport. Is it an adventure for this boy? The downs. Because it got hills. I like the helmet. I like the rope swing because you can just swing off it. Are you swing? I lo- I really like robins. They're so cute. I like dinosaur adventures. What's a dinosaur adventure like? A dinosaur adventure looks like if you go exploring and found a fossil of a dinosaur. Do you think you can have an adventure at home without yeah. even leaving the house? Uh, yeah. Yes, yeah, because this morning I got out of bed and I got in my baby sister's car and I woke her up and then I pretended that there was a tiger and then she was like all scared because she thought there was actually a really a real tiger outside our bedroom to front door. So we got under the duvet and pretended to be like scared of the tiger. Like sometimes when we like make my baby sister and sometimes if my mum wants to we might do this and when we make like a big tower with pillows and then put the duvet on top and if mum or dad comes in we might just jump out and then the duvet will come off the top and then we'll say boo and then they'll be frightened. (laughs) Okay, yes I, I know I've seen you doing that quite a lot lately. Yeah, you can have an adventure anyway. Anywhere you could sleep in the garden. No. Well, how about if we go in a clock? If you go in a clock, what adventures? Back-in-time clock. A back-in-time clock. What does time mean? What do you think time means? I can't know. I know. You know, do you? Because I'm a king of bacon and I know everything. (laughs) You know everything. So, what's the answer then? Can you have adventures at home? 
Yes, and yeah. and a gingerbread, new gingerbread is Evanton. Yeah, and we have this game which we play indoors, and we pretend we're outside, and we have and we pack our yeah. bags, and we pretend we're on an adventure. Yeah. Um, Why not? Because you, there's loads of things that you've already seen. Guess who's in the house? Maddie Broad's in the house. Hi, Hi everybody. It's <laughs> so good to have Maddie Broad on the show. I'm in my house. Yeah. Oh, you're in your house. But yeah. I'm in a house. <laughs> yeah, we're in our own house. Guess who's in our own houses? We're in <laughs> our own houses. Yeah, Maddie Broad. Um, <laughs> amazing to have you on the show and have you back on the show, Maddie, after a brilliant Christmas special that we had last December. That was jolly good fun. Jolly good fun. And this yes. and this theme of this show is kids adventuring at home. So I'm really looking forward to talking to you a little bit um, about ideas and tips for kids to adventure in the house and around the house um, and in the local area. Because at the moment in lockdown, we're pretty limited. But as we all know, limitations spawn creativity. I was going to say that myself. Were you? I ruined it. I ruined it. I was taking your words. But the reason I've got Maddie on the show is because Maddie is um, very well qualified as a early years practitioner. Um, and she's got lots of experience with entertaining kids in imaginative ways, don't you, Maddie? Oh, yeah, you could say that. Yeah, I did um, a master's in early years education at Sussex Uni a couple of years ago. Um, and before that, I did a fine art course at Falmouth. So I kind of have arrived at working with children, well, playing, really, um, through my art practice and then my studies about education. Brilliant, isn't it? It's brilliant. <laughs> it's brilliant, Billy. Yeah, absolutely brilliant. And you've got lots of ideas in your in your hat or up your sleeve. In, um, hiding in all sorts of places, really. Yeah, yeah. Pockets and your socks. Mm, under my shoes. Sorts. Yeah. yeah and, with my and tongue. For listeners who have been uh, following the show today, you might have heard lots of kids talking about what they think adventure means and whether adventure can be um, an indoor activity. What do you think about that, Maddie? Absolutely. Adventure can be whatever you want it to be. It's it's a state of mind. And we have um, a particular history of being quite adventurous in, in and outside the house with lots of activities and things we've done when we used to live together. But what about you, Maddie, in terms of your own personal life? Before we go on to the tips for the kids... How do you find adventuring in your life? What do you do to adventure? I like to do things in different ways. I like to surprise myself. Yeah. Something <laughs> exciting that you're doing that's quite adventurous, though, is you're about to start converting a van. I am. I'm going to turn a big Luton box van into my home. And I've never... I don't even know how to use a hammer properly, Billy. It's going to be a real adventure learning on the job how to do all of the things I need to do to be able to turn this this van into my home. Yeah, totally. I think a lot of the time, adventure is all about setting yourself lots of challenges or facing lots of challenges and overcoming them. Yeah, do you know what? One of my news resolutions was to meet challenges with playfulness, curiosity and good humour. Hmm. Because often when I, when I have a challenge in my life, sometimes I'll be a bit stroppy and I'll find it quite difficult to get through that initial push that is needed to meet a challenge. So say I'm in the foothills of climbing a mountain, metaphorically, I wouldn't really get past the foothills because I'd be going, oh, I can't get up that way. Oh, this is annoying. Oh, my mm. boots don't fit properly. But if you, if I turn my mind around a bit and try and meet those challenges with um, a bit more 
yeah, good humour and a sense of play, then the whole process, and let's face it, it's all about process, is an adventure. Mm, love that. That's such a great New Year's resolution. <laughs> Thank you. Have you had to apply it to anything yet so far in your year? Definitely. There's been lots of setbacks and I've kind of reminded myself of that choice to try and meet challenges and setbacks differently. And I'm definitely learning a lot about patience this year. So yeah, definitely um, meeting the doors that seem to be closing with a bit more kind of, yeah, sense of play and just noticing it rather than getting all consumed by what feels like a big setback totally I love that about patience as well I think that's been a running theme for a lot of people the last sort of 10 months or so actually earlier I was listening to the radio and the song at um, tomorrow the song tomorrow in Annie came on tomorrow tomorrow <laughs> and it's yeah and it's all of you know about like looking to the future and just trusting that it's going to get better and I thought wow what an apt song for this time she's such a wise child that Annie she is it's a hard enough life <laughs> Anyway, I digress. We digress. Um, back to back to adventure. I get this sense that adventure is really in every story. Every story that children kind of absorb has some kind of adventure in it, really, um, or many of them at least. And I guess asking kids what adventure means can be quite a mixed bag. And I think that that's because adventure kind of is in everything that we do and it can be in everything we do it doesn't have to be a packing our bags and walking over the mountains type adventure it can be in just a different way of looking at things and that's why I thought it'd be interesting to bring you on Maddie because you have a lot of experience looking after children and coming up with ideas to uh, enrich their lives in the everyday like we do at Billy Elliot's Adventure Club so yeah Maddie take it away give us some top tips top tips for adventuringness well yeah like thinking of thinking of adventure as a spirit that you can access adventure can be in everything be everywhere it's the way you approach what you're doing and who I think the the thing I tend to focus on with my art practice and with the way I spend time with children is I I focus it around the things we can do here now together So it's all about the here and now. It's about being present, asking yourself, what can we do with what we have? And that's kind of incorporating the approaches of like improvisation, clowning. Yeah, playfulness, play. And children live and breathe this. Like if they're feeling safe enough to play, then they will be playing. (laughs) Like they have no problem with accessing a sense of adventure, mostly. Um, It's us adults that have unlearned it and we can remember. We can join them in it if we want to Mm. so the idea of adventure being limited to going out on a specific task with a specific goal in mind with with your bags packed going up the mountains like that's an adult interpretation of an adventure but when you're a child I suppose everything everything is and can be an adventure it's true when you're an adult too but um yeah children tend to approach things with with that sense of play so things we can do here now together I I like to go off of the objects that are around me whether I'm in nature or whether I'm in a house anything can be a toy basically you know like I can see in front of me I've got my glasses I've got some post-it notes um, I've got loads of pencils and then I can think about kind of the different purposes that are around me so I've got the carpet on the floor down there if I went to go down on my knees or I've got the table and I've got the ceiling so I'm in a space and I've got these different possibilities emerge from the objects that I've got around me and the space that I'm in Mm -hmm. 
So thinking about possibilities and in your mind, if you if you think to yourself, okay, so I'm going to enter into this sense of playfulness with um, saying to yourself, yes, and. So if someone else expresses an idea, you can say yes, as in I'm going to go with this idea. And you can say and, which adds something to that idea. If you want to, if you want to stay in this spirit of play, then you got to not say no. You got to say yes to the ideas and pursue it and go along with it and add things to it. And like a tumbling ball, it grows and and the adventure goes where it will. Mm-hmm. Something about adventure as well, I suppose, is do we know the outcome already when we set off? Like maybe you have. An, an intention maybe the intention is to get somewhere or to understand something or to learn something but we don't know what the process is going to contain and it's important to remember that the process is as much part of an adventure as the destination so I suppose my emphasis when I'm you know in play with children or if I'm just doing some kind of art practice some character play or whatever is inhabiting the process really fully um and being yeah being present in the moment that I'm in keeping the intention in mind of where I might be going but not holding on to that too tightly because I'm aware that the process is so well the process is everything really yeah there's a destination at some point but for me the process is really important Mm, totally I love that kind of like very very much going with the flow basically yeah yeah you can imagine yourself Mm. to be a bit like water that's, mm-hmm. that's how I've come to think of myself recently with the various setbacks that I felt like I've had is try and be like water and flow where you can and mm. follow the path of least resistance. Yeah, definitely. I think that's a really good, a really good one. Keeping it as simple as possible. I like that here now together thing as well. Okay, so you've kind of introduced some techniques. What about some specific examples? I mean, I know that you've done lots of music with children and making sounds with them. Is there any specific examples of things that you think kids could enjoy at home? I'm interested in the role of the adult joining children in play. So if and when we do that, I feel like it's really important to approach it on a sort of level playing field with the children and not to have a fixed outcome in mind because adults tend very much to grasp onto a fixed outcome and bend things towards it we think our ideas are really great and we want to bend it towards it and if you just kind of um go a bit kind of more into the zone of not having answers and maybe asking questions and speaking less letting children take the lead a bit more um then you'll probably go on your own adventure and and end up somewhere you'd never expected um it can be a wonderful surprise so Examples, I would say some of the best adventures I've had in um, doing music with very young children, and I mean very young children, I mean under the age of three, mm-hmm. has been simply through mimicry, through copying, mm-hmm. copying the sounds that they discover through being really interested. Like There's a guy called Ken Robinson, I'm sure a lot of people have heard of, and he talks about being a co-discoverer. So being alongside somebody else, they might be a child, and Mm -hmm. discovering together the potentials of wherever you are I was looking after a little boy once and and he 
found that he could get a really good sound out of hitting something with a stick and I was right there next to him hitting something with a stick but I was doing it in call and response so that means he would go boom 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 and I would copy back boom 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 and we'd have eye contact and we're we're copying each other and going together through that if you're copying it tends to go until it loses its own momentum so it's mm-hmm. that planning technique of finding a game, playing the game, realizing when the game is over, finding mm-hmm. a new game. Mm-hmm. So you have these kind of cycles of game mm-hmm. without without explanation, without narration, with mm-hmm. our words that we tend to stick to and cling to as grown ups. Mm-hmm. Um, you can, yeah, I mean, it's quite an adventure actually to step outside of the need to use words to describe things and to drive things and mm-hmm. to actually maybe even colonize things we can step outside of that and into the realm of this multimodal experience of life which children inhabit which is not just i'm going to do dancing now i'm going to make i'm going to do some singing now i'm going to separate these things out and experience them all differently much more just kind of going flowing and going through those different modes and senses Mm -hmm. and access that adventure it really Mm. helps not to use words so much Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. okay so thanks for that um so imagine we're talking to a parent who potentially is working full-time trying to homeschool kids at the moment at home while the pandemic is in full flow Uh, (laughs) what would you so you've given quite a lot of tips on like on how to communicate with young young people and children uh, it, or even how to open up space for the answer to come in the space I guess yeah, um, yeah and I love that but do you like what would you say if there was parents you know hearing this and thinking I haven't got time to do that yeah definitely and we know that parents and you know with with all the demands of this current pandemic on everybody They've got to sign in to so-and-so's school registration at 9am. They've got to make sure their other kids signed on at 9.30. I mean, it must be, I haven't got children of my own. So I'm speaking from a place of not Mm. fully understanding that experience. Although my dad is downstairs live streaming uh, music to school. So I've got some inclination of what it might be like. But Mm. I would say that, do you know what? (laughs) You can, you can have, you talk about micro adventures, Billy, and Mm. like, the experience of being in that state of flow, mm-hmm. it feels like you've been in it forever, even if it's been 15 minutes. Mm. If you set aside a timer, like I know some parents who call it special time, they put a timer on and they have a very devoted 15 minutes with in play with their child on that day. And, and I mean, also it's possible to um, join for a period of time and then step out and they're not going to just suddenly stop. If they're in full swing on their own adventure, on their own adventure then mm-hmm. children will children will keep exploring so yeah like limitations like you said they they create possibility they provoke us to find the the creative nugget in things so if the limitation is i've only got five minutes or two minutes for this adventure then you can set that timer and that can be the limitation but you can go anywhere and you don't have to know where you're going to go yeah totally i mean we're all stuck inside at the moment but it doesn't mean that adventure has to stop Thanks so much, Maddie, for everything you have shared with us. We're running out of time. Thank you very much for having me. It's very, yeah. very lovely. If there was anyone who had any questions, how could they find you? Um, They could get in touch with the Billy Elliot Adventure Club Instagram. Mm-hmm. And through that, we could put me in touch with them. Mm-hmm. 
um yeah great cool epic oh thanks maddie pleasure hope you have a lovely day this is the world of radio reverb hmm something to chew on this thursday afternoon thanks to maddie broad there now who can adventure and where would you like to go let's ask the adventure club kids what they think everyone really it's up to them okay do you think there's anybody who can't go on an adventure probably maybe the queen the queen wow why do you think she can't go on an adventure well i'm not really sure but maybe she can't yeah for some reason that's a good answer um anybody anybody that wants to do it adventuring can be from any for anyone anytime anywhere some people yes, and some people no. Elsa and Anna. Elsa and Anna? Yeah. Aladdin. Oh. Adventure on the magic carpet. Yeah. People go on inventions are called... Explorers. Oh. They're surprised people. Because I like going to the museum. Yeah. Big jungle where I could take my mum, my baby sister, my dog and my dad. Wow, a jungle? You wouldn't yeah. be scared? No. I would go around the whole world. I would I would go in lots of different um, vehicles. I would try every vehicle there is to go around the whole world. I would, oh. I would just go in a time machine and, and me too. tie me to, to Batman world. Is this where Batman lives? Is Gotham City there? It's Gotham City because that's where Batman lives. Yeah. I would go. I want. I quite. I go. I quite like to go to maybe um the North Pole or the South Pole, but maybe but not the desert. And in the desert, you would get really, 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 really thirsty. I like to be warm. But there, you have like snow boots and stuff on. I'd love to go to the Amazon rainforest and see all the animals and the habitats and the jungle. So imagine if we were hiking along the road and then we just jumped up and then we fell into a, a, a river and we were hiking in the river. Hmm. I would go to the forest. Hmm. I would find some fairies. Um, the fairies would cast a spell. To Preston Park. A clock. You'd go in a clock. Back in time. Back in time. Wow. And what would you want to see on your adventure? Dinosaurs. Hmm. And if you couldn't go back in time and you could go on an adventure somewhere now... Where would your adventure be now? A car. In a car? Yeah. Who would you want to go and see? A rhinoceros. Now, last but not least, we have Dr Iona Steen, an NHS health professional with something to say about wellness and the natural environment. She's a medical registrar whose medicine cabinet looks more like an apothecary of foraged plants and herbs. 
Iona introduces the concept of biophilia and what she feels would help us better understand global health. Was it this year you came across the term biophilia? Yeah, which is my favourite word. So um, it's, I guess it's the word bio, which in Greek probably, or Latin, who knows, means like all of life. And then philia means like deep admiration for or love for. So it's like love for life. Mm-hmm. And I think it's probably not a term that's like commonly used. Um, but that doesn't mean that like... Uh, it hasn't always existed it's probably always existed we probably had times when humanity was like utterly immersed in the state of like reverence and love for all of life um but I guess like what really I think the reason that I came to that term is like I started to have this very different experience of like being in the world during lockdown because I didn't really normally I have a really busy job but my job wasn't very busy and I didn't have my son and I just had lots of time um, and I live in a van um, so I just park up in beautiful places and just be outdoors all the time and all of a sudden like there was some sort of like transformation in how I was experiencing being in the kind of natural world there was just like this natural curiosity and kind of like awe and reverence was just like arising I think purely because I was just spending more time like around my biospheric cousins and um, creatures and and then I came across this term in a book about plants that I'd bought um, biophilia and I was like that's I think that's what I'm experiencing <laughs> yeah it's like I know it just really spoke to me it really spoke to me of, 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 like, this experience that I was having. Well, I mean, you mentioned your job. And I'm just really curious. I wonder, like, if you could speak a little bit about the relationship between your job and that love for life and whether there's anything connected, perhaps. Oh, that's kind of interesting. I mean, I suppose, I guess I have to say that I work as a doctor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um... I don't know. I mean, there is a connection now that's emerging. Uh, The part of that biophilic process was really coming into relationship with plants and for the first time, like, seeing them, seeing plants particularly, for some reason that's what drew me in to begin with. It doesn't just have to be plants. It, like, can be anything in nature, I suppose. But, like, seeing them almost like people that you can cultivate a relationship with that can come to know you and that you can come to know them that kind of changes over time that grows as much as you put time into it so there was like lots of particular plants like alexander's which is an umbellifer or like more recently yarrow and wild carrot and i don't know for some reason that they just like both visually and also like coronary wise and also medicinally just started to really fascinate me and i kind of like woke up to this whole thing I mean of course I knew about herbal medicine and things Um, but all of a sudden like there was this new kind of intuitive understanding of like this is a very ancient relationship this relationship between humans plants the biosphere these natural systems like they've supported us in numerous ways Mm -hmm. for our whole evolution up until this point and like really realizing that in my work it's like this completely unnatural setting and we don't use any of these kind of like natural remedies and there's many many different consequences to that and obviously there's something about medicine which where there's this kind of this 
embedded in this compassion or desire for wellness of the human but I've definitely come to this like realization that like basically we're not making people weller anymore but actually we can't be well as a species unless the planet is well like human health is planetary health and planetary health is human health and while we're in this ecological crisis we can't expect Mm. humanity to be able to be well Mm -hmm. like it can't be well yeah so it's really interesting what you were saying about how human health is planetary health and vice versa i think i feel like there's a new level now of like understanding that I don't think social policy is going to fix this problem. I'm not sure the problem can be fixed, but I think we all can come back into like love for the biophilic world. And in that space of like love for nature and love for the system which we're intrinsically woven within, the the solutions are already there. Mm-hmm. Like we can just participate in the solutions. Um, I feel like before a lot of that stuff comes from quite a heady place of like we're going to solve this with some sort of Mm -hmm. like economic uh, political policy Um, well maybe we would that would be lovely but actually like um, I think what happens is you and I'm not saying I've totally had this experience but the, the sense I get is if you can exist in this space of like reverence and awe for the natural world and, and come really into relationship and, and learn to listen like to all of the things that are around us and their stories and these complex ecological systems is like you gain this intuitive understanding of how they operate which is actually the term for that is biognosis so the idea I think is like there's lots of developmental psychologists who talked about biophilia um, was it Richard Froome is one of them and Eric Wilson who came up with a biophilia hypothesis and what he said is it's kind of this innate capacity within us a little bit like how language is innate you know Noam Chomsky talks about how like language acquisition is within our head you just need the right conditions around you to activate it and then you'll learn the language it's people have argued it's kind of the same for biophilia it's like you need the right conditions for that innate capacity inside of you to be activated such as like children being allowed to have unsupervised time in nature you know like un kind of tampered with by their parental anxieties and things like that and then it will kind of just it it will just grow inside of you Mm -hmm. that that natural affiliation will grow inside of you but I think it you know if you follow that then it deepens into biognosis which is just this kind of implicit innate understanding of natural systems, which probably indigenous cultures had. That was an excerpt of a longer interview which runs in my podcast series, Everyone is Interesting. To listen to the entire interview, which I would highly recommend as Iona is incredibly wise and interesting person to learn from, you can search Everyone is Interesting, How to Fall in Love with Life on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, At Billy Elliot's Adventure Club, we're all about chasing the good feeling that trying something new can inspire. But what else is good about adventuring? Let's ask our Adventure Club kids. That you can be free in the wind. Like that. And you can also just not be stuck inside doing boring things. You can be out and you can smell the fresh air and you can be free and you can be running really fast can do anything what you want to do well it's well quite exciting yeah and but but if it's dark it's dark 
Kit says if it's dark, it's dark. Yeah. Anything can happen and you're never quite sure what it will be. Why is that good? Because it can lead you into new things that you hadn't thought of and give you new ideas and new experiences. Thank you to all our Adventure Club kids who have been absolute superstars and heroes in answering all our important questions. Our kids have been B from Sheffield, who's six, Rex, who's eight, nearly nine, and Kit, who's four, from Sussex. Five-year-old Sammy from all the way over in the Czech Republic. Maliki, who's four in Brighton. Doro, who is 11 and lives in Devon. Dinosaurus Zach, who's only four, would you believe? And Aria, who's also four and lives in Devon. And last but not least, Sussex adventurous siblings Eden, who's five, and Lyra, who's three. Listeners, don't forget our Adventure Club challenge from Laura Jacklin this week to find out something interesting about your local river. Now, we're running out of time. Do get in touch with us on Instagram at Billy Elliot's Adventure Club. That's Billy with an IE and Elliot with one L and one T. Adventure Club, if you'd like to share your stories of adventure or even come on the show in the near future. Okay, that is time. Let's play us out with one last question for the kids. What do they think micro-adventure means? Like a small one? Like when, you're, like when you get lost um, and you're a bit afraid. So then it's like a micro one. And then you find... And then you um, find your... Uh, then you find somebody. Yeah. Or your parents or whoever. Yeah. Micro... Adventure means micro for software. It means a micro-pachycephalosaurus. is a type of dinosaur that has a bumpy head coat. <laughs> and also in the micro-pachycephalosaurus is if there's two micro-pachycephalosaurus and they one crash in each other.
not distracting myself from feelings that I need to feel and learn to overcome or learn to take in and understand. Yeah, that's what I've got with loneliness. Um, it's hard in the moment, but it will be fruitful. Radio Reverb. Radio Reverb. Radio Reverb. Radio Reverb. Radio Reverb. Radio Reverb.